Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Give you a little bit of context. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. Some of the major themes of this letter, this letter to the Ephesians, are grace, salvation, peace, and instruction, instruction on living in a manner worthy of Christ. So we're going to be reading from the last chapter of Ephesians. These are some of Paul's last words to that church. So bear that in mind as we read this. We're going to start in verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish, extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. If you want to turn with me to Philippians 4, 4 through 7, we're going to read out of three of Paul's letters, Ephesians, Philippians, and 1 Thessalonians. So we're going to Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Again, a little bit of context, writing to the church of Philippi. He was actually writing from prison at this time. So let's think about that as we're reading these words, encouraging the Philippians to take on a Christ-like attitude as he's in prison. And again, this is the last chapter, the last chapter of, of Philippians. So these are kind of his parting words. In verse, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your, your, let your reasonableness be known to everyone that the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to read one. We're going to read the, again the last part of the last chapter of one more letter, and that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. So Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, which Thessalonica was actually one of the more commendable churches that Paul was writing to. You know, a lot of times in his letters, there's a lot of kind of correction and like, you guys really need to pick it up. But with Thessalonica, um, they were actually doing pretty good. And especially they were doing good in spite of um, being persecuted a lot. Um, in, 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 this, in this first of the two letters, because there's two letters he wrote to the church of Thessalonica, he's encouraging them to, to continue to persevere through that um, persecution. It says in verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what we have here is basically the end of three different letters to three different churches. You guys ever heard, like, at the end of a speech or a sermon or, or a letter or something like this, uh, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Or if you don't take anything from this, you take this. I, I kind of think when I'm, when I'm reading this, that was kind of, this is what Paul was doing. It's like in the last chapter of each of these letters, he's like, look, I've given you a lot of instruction. That's all good. You need to do that. But when all else fails, remember this. And I find it really interesting. There's a common thread in each of these final chapters of these letters that I was picking up on. Um, and uh, I kind of, I, I want to unpack it just a little bit tonight. Um, I, I think the, the reason why I'm even speaking especially is because I, I think a lot of us, we need, we need a, a radical transformation in the way that we think about prayer. Uh, we, we don't just need like 30 minutes more of prayer in the morning. We don't just need to like be chastised for skipping our devotions this week. We don't need to like add a little of a good ingredient or take a little bit of a bad ingredient away. Um, we actually need to like take our whole brain out and then like scrub it 
with the perspective of God and then put it back in and then maybe we'll know how to pray. I really believe that, that in many ways we've been approaching prayer uh, in, in, in a wrong way and in a way that is really leaving a lot of the church not walking in the power that we've been called to. Um, what I'm calling for and what I believe that God is calling for in this little talk is, is a holistic shift in the way that we communicate with God. So I want to go back to these scriptures, but we're only going to read a small portion of them this time. Um, we're, so we're going to go back to Ephesians uh, 6, 18, I'm going to say 18a, praying at all times, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18, pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Are you guys feeling what I'm feeling? I tried to help you, like, hear what I'm hearing by giving a little bit of emphasis. The Bible doesn't do that, but I did it because I was hoping that you guys kind of just, like, come along with me. At all times, in everything, without ceasing, in all circumstances. Are you feeling that? Uh, at all times in everything, without ceasing, in all circumstances. You see, I think that in the U.S., we have this common mindset. It's like, I want to put my littlest investment for the maximum return, right? That's, I mean, that's how we do things. We're like, how little can I put in to get the maximum output? But the problem is when it comes to prayer, that that mindset falls flat on its face. It falls flat on its face because that mindset lacks an understanding of what prayer is and why we pray. You see, prayer, when we pray, it, I mean, I think Oswald Chambers says it better than anything I'm about to say. He says, prayer does not equip us for greater works. Prayer is the greater work. The way that I would say it is, when it comes to talking in God, It's, the idea isn't that we're going through a process in order to get to this end, this finish, this prize, this reward. Because when we're communicating with God, communication with God is our reward. And I think that's what Oswald is saying. It's not like, okay, I'm gonna pray so that. No, no, no. I mean, yes, there are, we, we do pray for other reasons, but prayer, communion with God is the reward. Being with them is the reward. And I think that when we truly grasp that, that we'll pray differently. That we'll, we'll, we'll live a whole different way of life when we, when we talk about prayer. One of my favorite books is The Practice of the Presence of God by um, Brother Lawrence. How many of you guys have heard of that? How many of you have read it? All right. If you haven't read that book tonight when you go home, it's free on iBooks. Download it. You can read it in one day, and it will completely change the way that you interact with God. Money back guarantee. There's no money back. So, I mean, there's no money. It's free. But it'll completely change the way that you interact with God, the way that you see prayer and the presence of God. Um, I want to read just a few short ex excerpts, and I know I'm taking too much time already. I was planning to be even shorter than this, but so be it. This is from the practice of the presence of God. A little lifting up of the heart suffices. A little remembrance of God, an interior act of adoration, even though made on, on the march and with sword in hand, are prayers which, short though they may be, are nevertheless very pleasing to God 
and far from making a soldier lose his courage on the most dangerous occasions, bolster it. Let him then think of God as much as possible so that he will gradually become accustomed to this little but holy exercise. No one will notice it, and nothing is easier than to repeat often during the day these little acts of interior adoration. These little acts of interior adoration. He goes on to say in another part that we need only to recognize God intimately present with us to address ourselves to him every moment that we may beg his assistance for knowing his will and things doubtful and for rightly performing those which we plainly see he requires of us, offering them to him before we do them and giving thanks when we have done. That his prayer was nothing else but a sense of the presence of God, his soul being at that time insensible to everything but divine love. And that when the appointed times of prayer were passed, he found no difference because he still continued with God praising and blessing him with all his might so that he passed his life in continual joy yet hoped that God would give him somewhat to suffer when he should grow stronger. I think Brother Lawrence grabbed hold of something 325 years ago that in 2018 we are still very much trying to grab hold on to and that is this, what, what I would say is constant communion. This constant communion with God. Charles Spurgeon wrote, I rarely pray for more than five minutes, but I never go five minutes without praying. I rarely pray for more than five minutes. You know, we, we get all in our minds, it's like, okay, I gotta pray for an hour and then I'll be real spiritual. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you more than he wants your devotional time. Now, granted, devotions have so much credibility and so much value. If we only go on group dates with God, we're gonna have a hard time cultivating intimacy with him, friends. So I'll leave that there. I would not only go on group dates with my wife and expect our relationship to be intimate. And so devotions are really important, but we gotta think outside of that. What if I only saw my wife, hung out with her, acknowledged that she existed when we were on a date? In every other time of the day, I was like, la da 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 looking at other women. You hear what I said there? Are you, are you drawing the connection? Looking at other women? You go on, you go on a date with God in the morning, and then, you, and then you act like he's not there the whole rest of the day, but you're spiritual because you got your devotions in? He wants to be with his friends. You know, and it might seem kind of insurmountable. It's like, well, what am I going to say all day long? Well, what's really cool is that Brother Lawrence and Jesus himself were like, you guys don't worry about saying a bunch of words. Don't, empty, don't, don't heave up empty phrases like the Pharisees do. No, I like to think about prayer like I would a normal conversation. Three elements of a normal conversation, right? You don't just talk a whole conversation. Man, you're stinking annoying if you just talk a whole conversation. You ever been in a conversation where they just talk from the moment you sit down to you go and you're like, this isn't really a conversation, is it? Three elements. Talking. We should say things to the Lord. There's lots of encouragement in scripture. Even in, this, in these scriptures, supplication, which is basically a, a humble plea. Um, praise, thanksgiving, 
rejoicing. Yeah, we should say things in prayer, okay? But what about, what about listening? When you talk with a person that's wiser than yourself, do you, most, do you do most of the talking? If you do, you should stop that behavior because you're, you're missing out on a lot of the gold of the conversation. When you're communicating with someone wiser, you should listen more than you talk, by the way. Just giving you a little heads up. And then finally, there's talking, there's listening, but then, and this isn't, you can't do this with everyone because it's awkward with, with people who are new and unfamiliar, but it's just being. And this is saved for intimate friends. Because when you're new with someone, you go to coffee for the first time, you're like, oh, you got to fill every little moment with something. Either you need to be talking or I need talking. I'm not even listening to what you're saying because I got my next question ready. <laughs> I don't have to do that with my wife. I don't have to do that with my dad, with my mom, with my sister, with my best friends. I can just sit next to them. And I think that's what Brother Lawrence was trying to get us to understand. And I think that that's what Paul was trying to get through to us. That prayer is talking, yes. Prayer is listening, yes. But prayer, for most of the hours of the day, if you're going to be in constant communion with God, it's going to be being. It's going to be recognizing that he is here. I'm telling you, a lot of my prayers these days, I, I know you're here. I know you're with me. I don't have much to say this time, but I know you're here. I know you're with me. So I want to I want to read one more scripture to you, and then we're gonna we're gonna pray together. Um, I want to read from Romans twelve nine through twelve. This is another one of one, another one of Paul's letters as we close and we head into this time of prayer. He says, "Let love be genuine." He says, abhor what is evil. This is, this is Romans 12, 9 through 12. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. And this is the last sentence that I just want to say la on. It says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. The reason why I wanted to close with that scripture tonight is because it has both of what I believe that God wanted to do tonight. And that is constant in prayer that he would give us. An, and granted, yeah, there was a lot more to that message that so be it. It's super disjointed. I don't care if you think I'm a good orator. I really don't. The reality is, is that God wants to be with you and hang out with you all day long. And if I can convince you by that with good charisma or not, it's still true. So you can receive it or don't receive it. I care, but receive it or don't receive it. And the other thing is rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. 